Kaiju FM. Come find your niche. Welcome to By The Mash Turn, a podcast by a couple of nerds where we brew some beer, drink some beer and have a nice little chat about some beer. I'm Mike Harrison-Wood. I'm Carl Noble. And those of you with razor-sharp ears may notice that there is something a little bit extra going on in the background today. Yeah, we're in a noisy pub. We're in a very fantastic noisy pub. But not, not for just like... You know, giggles. Like, you know, we're here for a very, very specific reason. Yes, and that reason is the Sirencraft TAC Takeover at the Nags Head in Reading. It's a fantastic event. It happens once a year, and uh, we're really pleased to be able to record on location. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously um, for you guys, it's not going to be as comfortable listening because we haven't got those nice squishy sofas to absorb all the the noise. We have got a lot of really drunk people. (laughs) <laughs> to absorb loads of noise but they also seem to create a lot more than my sofa does how dare they I know right absolutely can't they listen? no uh, we're, we're tucked away in the corner uh, and we're just having a nice couple of beers yeah we're having a nice couple of beers but there's a very specific reason we're here today um, so the beer we're going to be brewing this week what are we brewing this week uh, it is a coffee stout oh okay so I'm making a chocolate coffee stout and you know a big part of this tap takeover is the project barista yeah, that's so uh, it's coffee based. It's something that Sirencraft have done for the past couple of years. Uh, once a year, they will make four different coffee beers. Always different, always weird, always wonderful. And so, why not come down to the pub and try four fresh, amazing coffee beers in one place? All in one place. So they're not all going to be stouts, but they are all coffee-based. So the yes. four we're going to be trying today, um, I believe only one of them is a stout. But the good thing is we have got somebody on who might be able to help us um, yeah. you know, talk, yep. talk us through some of it. Yeah, um, they, they've got a lot of experience with adding coffee to beer. So. They have got a lot of experience. But I think we should probably chat about the beer we're going to be brewing. Yeah, what are you brewing? Uh, well... Uh, this is a kind of a version two of a beer that I brewed uh, about four or five years ago. Um, and wow. I thought, I'll tell you what, I'll take another swing at it because it was pretty good. Uh, but I reckon I could probably do a little bit better. Okay. So, you know, uh, I've tweaked the recipe a little bit. And as standard, I've removed a lot of the um, 20 minute hops additions. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, ultimately, you are making a chocolate coffee stout. Exactly. And one of the things they're not exactly known for is their hop punch. Exactly. So I was like, ah, okay, I've learned some things. Um, So as is pretty standard for a lot of stouts, they tend to have a reasonably complex grain bill, but a very simple hop bill. Yeah. So I'll give you a brief rundown of what we're going to be using. Okay. What's in the grain bill? So, Marisotta. Oh, lovely. Of course. Yeah. You know, that makes up the vast majority of what's going on. Uh, Roasted barley. Yeah. Not a surprise because it's a stout, so roasted barley is going to be happening. Um, Chocolate malt. Okay. Obviously, I'm going to put a bit of chocolate malt in because I want to bring that chocolate character. Um, I will be adding cocoa nibs to this as well. Okay. To really kind of push that forward. Extra chocolate. Uh, Carrot aroma. Okay. I like carrot aroma. Yeah, well, what... 
what particular emphasis does that give then to the beer? Uh, so it's gonna it's gonna help with the the body and it's gonna help with the um, accentuate the chocolatey taste because it'll add that sort of caramelly uh, nose mm. um, and give it a little hint of biscuit, which I think could be quite okay. nice. Make it more of a sweet chocolate rather than a uh, very aggressive rather dark than like chocolate. A super, yeah, uh, and then we've gonna have some um, special B. Oh, because I like special B. Ah, again, any particular reason? Uh, again, it's it's just to help kind of accentuate those, um, you know, with like certain coffees, you get sort of like raisiny tastes. Yeah. You know, yeah, you get yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. of like, I don't know, almost like a slightly sour raisiny. Like, I'm <laughs> hoping that the uh, that the special B is really going to help push that forward. Okay. So just slightly more so than the roasted barley will. Um, and then flaked oats. Ah, so, extra yeah. extra body, extra Egg, mouthfeel. Ex, extra body, extra mouthfeel, you know, just really, really help give it something because it's not a particularly strong beer. It's going to come in at about 5.5%. Okay, yeah, that's know. not too bad. So just cresting into that, what a stout is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then hops, warrior. Just for bittering. Yeah, like, like warrior is pretty much my main staple hop, um, kind of bittering hop because yeah. it's got high alpha and you know it just does the job um, yeah. and I think the currently the ones that Malt Miller are supplying that like their, their alpha acids are pretty high at the moment because uh, obviously it fluctuates each year yes um, uh, it is a product grown in the real world so. exactly so um, as usual our ingredients are supplied to us by the Malt Miller um, you know and on their website you can look at the recipe packs uh, you will find our recipes there just try to make sure that if the alpha acids of the warrior are slightly lower or slightly higher, uh, when you get the recipe pack, just tweak your, your weight slightly uh, yeah. based on the alphas, based on the IBUs given within the recipe, just to make sure you get them right. Yeah. Because uh, that will fluctuate. Um, but yeah, you can get onto their website yeah. and you can find our recipe packs. And that's themaltmiller.co.uk. Go nice there as soon as you can. Yeah, nice and easy. Um, but my yeast. Oh, yeah, what yeast um, do you I'm using in this? Omega's OYL005, which is an Irish ale yeast. Irish ale yeast. Okay. Irish ale tends to work really well with stouts. It does, yeah. Um, you know, they've they've got it nailed. I mean, you can u- you can use a whole range of other um, different things. Or, you know, you can use White Labs, um, California ale yeast if you want, make it nice and clean. But I find that the Irish ale yeast really tends to just bring the right level of funk. Yeah, and I, I assume it's going to accentuate some of those sort of raisiny notes, as you yes, say. So, yeah. some of the, so the roast will still be there. No, no worries about that. But just uh, maybe a hint of the, uh, estery sort ofness coming in in the yeah, dark. Yeah, like they're the sort good. of flavours you are looking for in your stout. Um, mm. So I often find that you know a lot of breweries will just use a kind of standard. Um, yeast yeah and just go right that'll just do for everything and they just find like USO5 was a very popular one for a long time you know they'd have a house yeast but as homebrewers we get to mess about with things and go oh, I'm going to use this yeast I'm yeah. going to use that yeast so why not use the best one you can we're only buying one pouch of exactly. something whereas yeah. if you're doing it on a large scale you have to buy a bit more a than a pouch and you have to keep it going as well yeah so yeah um, and with it being a chocolate yeah. coffee stout Coca nibs. Coca nibs. Half tempted to do a tincture. Yeah. So very, si- very, 
Bathurst. Yeah, I was thinking about doing it with the crack and rum again because that was so good. So tasty. Um, So, yeah, that might happen. Um, I haven't decided yet. We'll see. Um, On the fight, when when we do taste it for Final Gravity, I will let people know uh, (laughs) what I decide to do. But do whatever you fancy. Oh, you could do Kahlua. Oh, I could do Kahlua. (laughs) Or Cafe Patron. Oh. So, yeah, like... Do whatever you fancy. If you want to make a tincture, um, it's very easy. Just get the cocoa nibs. Use about 200 ml of your selected alcohol, uh, rum, vodka, anything like that. Soak them for about a week. And then what I normally do is I normally add the whole amount of liquid and the cocoa nibs into the beer for about a week uh, before you rack off. And that's uh, one of the great things about the alcohol is not only is it fantastic at extracting certain flavors from the product that you're using also sanitizes everything hooray so you don't have to worry about it messing up your brew and um especially if you're using things that are notoriously bad at picking up wild yeasts and that type of thing yes yeah you just Um, just make it a tincture chuck it in i mean the good thing is with the uh with the coca nibs from malt miller is uh they come vacuum sealed in foil so you know they're going to be nice and clean anyway so if you do decide that you just want to dry nib with them uh, by all means go for it all I normally do is get a muslin bag sanitise it pop the, pop the cocoa nibs in and then drop it into the beer um, you're probably going to want to put it in the secondary for at least a week but okay. make sure you're trying it every so often see how it's dispersed yeah. yeah and make sure you give it a bit of a stir with a sterile spoon interesting <coughs> Uh, I look because last time I used chocolate, I didn't do any of that, <laughs> which probably explains no. why uh, my beer wasn't what, very chocolatey. What did you do? Uh, so my tincture, I just I, I put it in a little bit of Tupperware, just had the um, nibs naked in the Tupperware with the booze in, and I would shake it every day for about a week, as you say, and then I just chucked it in the beer, the whole thing, just open the Tupperware, open the lid of the fermenter, just put it all in, close the lid. And I think I racked off the next day, and it was, it was fine. It was chocolatey for a yeah. bit, but it didn't have that I, I real big find intensity. That letting the cocoa nibs that have been in the alcohol soaking in the beer for a little bit, yeah, really tends to just bring it out a little bit better. Um, so both work if you're impatient. Yeah, it just depends how chocolatey you want it. Yeah, and the good thing with the tincture is, is you don't have to put the whole tincture in. True. You can just True. put half of it in, stir it, taste it, see if you like it. Yeah, um, and that's the same as if you're just dry nibbing, just pop it in, um, give it a stir, and then every couple of days try it. And once once you've had enough, once you're like, yeah, that's as chocolate as I want, rack it off. Yeah, just get it off the cocoa nibs as quick as you can. Yeah, good idea. Um, but there's also going to be coffee going into oh, this. Oh yes, right. So this is this is the main meat of the episode. This is this is why we're doing. It. This yeah. is why we're here. We're gonna skip this bit now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, until we've got uh, someone who knows a great deal more about this than we do. Yeah, and then I'm going to tell them how I'm doing it and see if their face turns inside out at how badly I'm doing it. I don't know. Yeah, so, yeah, before we get the expert opinion, what are you doing? Right, so I am going to cold brew about a litre of coffee. So all I'm going to do is I'm just going to let uh, coffee grounds, I'm going to get a coarse ground coffee, um, you know, Something reasonably nice, but not massively expensive because I'm chucking it in a beer. So, you know, get the best you can afford, I guess, is probably the way to go with it. Um, And then you let it steep in cold water for about 24 hours. 
stirring it every so often. Okay. But I normally do this at room temperature. Right, rather than Because that gold. allows it to kind of get out into the liquid a little bit better. I may be wrong on that. It may be better to do it in cold water. Hey, you're the one that's done all the research. I'm I mean, guessing. I've, d- I've done this before and it's worked fine. Okay. But, you know, there might just be a better way of doing it. And I'm yeah. sure our experts hopefully will tell me that I'm doing it right. Hmm. Speaking of which, should, should we, we get a first, get a beer, and second, get them? Get So get a beer, get an expert. Yeah. Yeah, all right, let's do that. Ah, right, I've been to the bar and back and uh, managed to get some beers and also an expert on adding coffee to beer, which is exactly what we wanted. Well done. Yeah. Or would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name's Kit. I'm uh, I'm one of the brewers at Siren Craft Brew. Um, yeah, brew to help brew all of the Barista Project beers for, for this year. Hopefully uh, help brew all of them next year as well. So yeah. a bona fide expert then. If you guys say so, I'm happy to, I'm happy to go with that. We yeah. do, we yeah. do. And what we say pretty much is right okay. most of the time. Golden, yes. we'll just go with that then. So, Mike, you went up to the bar like an yes. absolute champ uh, because I have cleverly positioned myself into the corner yeah. of the room. Very, so very well done. So you always have to go to the bar. Yeah. Um, what have you brought back for us? So, I've brought a beer by, surprise, surprise, Sirencraft. Right. And it is called Double Double. Yeah. Okay. Yes. What can you tell us about it, Kit? So let's. Uh, so the barista project is always. Uh, wait, is it four beers? It's four beers, right? Yes. Yeah, it's always four beers. Uh, they all use coffee in a different way, uh, and this is what we wanted from this was uh, an IPA that still tastes like an IPA. So it's still. It's not my recipe, so <laughs> I, I can't speak for the person who designed it, but. I'm pretty sure that he would not be offended if I said what we wanted was a beer that still tastes like an IPA, but you still get coffee from it as well. Okay. So on the nose, you get a lot of dank. Yeah. You get that like heavy because mosaic is like the main hop. The brewer who designed it right. loves mosaic. <laughs> okay. Uh, so it's, it's an easy. That, I won't even try and do his Geordie accent, <laughs> but it's in my head. Who's it? Anyway, whatever. Uh, yeah, it's like as soon as I get that aroma, I'm just thinking of him going, yeah, mosaic. Like you just get that intense dank. Yes, yeah. But there, there is also coffee notes there and as well. Kind of as a not the forefront, but a strong contributing flavour. Mm-hmm. You get a more fruity coffee note. Okay. Because it's it's not a dark no. dry. It's it's it's. You get that kind of sweet IPA thing. Yeah. And it brings out the fruitier notes of the coffee. Yes, yeah. You put that with a hop like Mosaic. And as well, the way that we used the coffee didn't accentuate the bitterness of the coffee. It yes. was designed to accentuate the fruitier notes. So, so, so it's more like a light light roast coffee rather yeah, than a dark so roast coffee. Yeah, so we spent a lot of time with the Barista Project. We, we worked with different coffee roasters to yeah. get... We talk to them about you know what their strengths are, like what they feel comfortable doing, what they don't feel comfortable doing, and uh, yeah, we uh, 
I gotta be honest with you, I don't remember which roaster we talked to because it's okay. been a while since we did the project. <laughs> but I remember that they were like, "Oh, fruity notes. That's our whole. Yeah. That's our whole shit. Like, let's <laughs> let, let, let's, let's do this one for this for this oh, IPA." Excellent. And I think it worked really well. Like, I think the coffee is maybe not as pronounced as in some of the other barista project yeah. beers, but it's definitely there. Yes. On the palate, you definitely get it. But it's a really good job of accentuating really those like fruity notes from the lighter roast from that kind of lighter brown color you get on yes, that lighter yeah. roast like when you get that smell when you open the bag of the raw beans yeah i feel like that is what the flavor is yeah. on, on, on this oh, yeah i, I having a, had a sip now you can definitely hit that coffee note but yeah as you say it's quite wide and balanced and um yeah a, a fruity but there, there is also that mosaic hop. It's it's uh, it, it's definitely an IPA. That's it. Like, yeah, you drink it's, it. It's it is, like nope, it that that's an IPA, but it's so, got coffee. Like. I think as like as we go through the tasting, maybe it'll make a bit more sense. But uh, certainly, I think I definitely felt that uh, amongst the four beers that we put out this year, this was a way to demonstrate what coffee can do that doesn't like bowl you over like a hundred percent like. Yeah. Oh, that's like coffee, yeah, 110%. Yeah. Yes, it's yeah. more like this is how we can use coffee to create a more floral palette, to create yeah. something you might not necessarily be expecting from coffee. Yeah. But then when you taste it, you don't say, I don't get any coffee. No. That's not what happens. You're just like, oh, I wasn't expecting that from a coffee beer. Whereas yeah. I think all of the others are a bit more the coffee is, yeah, yeah, is the bit, main, is the main yeah, player yeah, yeah. whereas here is more sort of it seems to be there to kind of just accentuate the other flavours yeah I think it works really well with the mosaic as well yeah, yeah it really does yeah. so yeah. You, you mentioned about how the the roasters themselves have formulated something specifically for this beer yes how have you added the coffee flavour to the beer okay so we add coffee to beer in different ways at Siren. Sometimes we add it hot side, so in the in the kettle. Um, yeah. So for Broken Dream, our like core range breakfast out, we put coffee in the kettle during the runoff from the mash. Oh okay. wow! So yeah. like more or less at more or less at first runnings, uh, yeah. we add some coffee in a in a you know clean bag that goes into the kettle, and then before. The runoff hits 90 degrees. We take the coffee out. Oh, nice! The, the reason for that is that we want to get a coffee flavour, but we don't want to get the bitterness from the coffee yeah, beans. That yes. burn, yeah. that point, like before yeah. we've even boiled, before the beer's fermented. Like we don't want to be getting bitterness in that style of beer at that time. Yeah. Um, and I think I think I'm right in saying that's the only beer that we put coffee in the kettle for, but. Hey, it definitely works. You, you know, you got, aside, aside yeah. from that, like there's there's not really any rules. Like we, it, it's kind of up to us how we want to use the coffee. <laughs> Have you ever tried mashing with coffee? No. So, I, I mean, I know oh, of that could be I'm just interested to see what uh, would happen. Sort of a warm steep rather than a cold. Yeah, we have not, but yeah. maybe we. Maybe that's uh, a completely original idea for my suggestion for Barista Project next year. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it, it, it's going out live on the air now that I've said this. So if, if okay, it like does come up... La- largely original idea that I yeah, come up with for Barista yeah, Project yeah, la- largely largely next year. Yeah. But, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe just give me a nod if it, if, if, if it works out. Um, uh, no, I don't think we've done that so far. Uh, my only thought is that... Um, from just previous experience more on yeah. like trial kit home brewing stuff like that uh, 
Personally, there are a couple of exceptions, but I kind of feel like flavors don't distribute very evenly no. in the mash tun. No. I, I feel just like physically the grain gets in the way. Yeah. It yeah, just stops, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it just stops the dispersion. Yeah, and, and I suppose like, like it's possible that the, I don't know, like, like potentially like the chemical makeup it might interfere with some of the enzymes, the caffeine might like kind of stop basic, basically things from breaking down the way they should. Potentially, maybe. Other things, maybe. I mean, there's only, there's, there's only going to be one way to find well, out. Exactly. Right? So. It's, it's probably just to yeah. give it a go. I might have yeah. to do that at some point. But no, <laughs> like in terms of like how we use the coffee, uh, we have tried all kinds of different things, all kinds of different methods at Siren over the years, like for Barista Project and for other beers. So we've tried uh, cold brewing coffee, yeah, uh, like under you know sanitary conditions, then racking that into a clean. 50 litre keg yeah. and then under pressure forcing that into beer so that it's wow. cold at every stage wow. all the way okay. through uh, that was we got nice coffee flavour from yeah. that we've also tried uh, well I mean all kinds of things just like uh, for not the most recent uh, barista project but the one before we yeah. did a, a, a Schwarz beer a black lager called cold brew yeah and all yeah, we did, had that last all we year. did for that, because it was a lager, we didn't want the coffee to be like super overpowering, yeah. but we did want to get the coffee flavor. So uh, all we did with the coffee was we just steeped it in the fermenter cold. Oh, right. Uh, like, like you would with a, like a dry hop edition. Yeah, yeah. Just put it in the fermenter. Just dry hopped with coffee grounds. Just like dry coffeed a beer. But what we did with the grains was we cold steeped all of the dark grains the night oh, before in right. cold liquor in the mash tun. Yeah. So that uh, similar to the methodology, like the thought process behind cold steeping coffee is like, well, what we're going to do is get all of the aromatics, all of the chocolate, yeah. all of the fruit, everything, all of those like dark fruit flavors, all of that and none of the bitterness at all. Because it's a Schwarz bit. Yeah, so we yeah. A black lager, we didn't want it to be bitter. No. We just wanted all of the... The coffee, because if you use dark grains, you get a little bit of coffee flavor, yes, especially yeah, brown course, malt, yeah. chocolate malt, a little bit. So we, we cold steep the, the dark grains the day before in the mash tun, then ran that off into the kettle, dug out the mash tun, mashed in the rest of the grist, <laughs> the lager, like morning. all lager malt, just yeah. straight in, boom, 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 boom. Uh, yeah, like ran off into the kettle on top of the dark malt got like this beautiful color like yeah oh, i can imagine yeah really nice like uh yeah it's like looks black in the glass you hold yeah. it up to the light you get a little little bit of hue there yeah, like yeah. sort of brown red hue. like beautiful i love that stuff and then we cold steep the coffee on top and i felt what we got from that beer was just like a beautiful soft aromatic coffee flavor yeah. both from the grains and from the coffee yeah, I mean, I love. That. I know it's not one of the beers we're talking about today. No, but, but, oh, it was like, particularly. That was for me like <laughs> evidently top beer. you really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, we have. I mean, like we have a couple of pretty cool toys at Siren. So we have the what we call the spin bot. So it's a converted <laughs> uh, Grundy tank, a converted milk right. tank uh, with two tangential inlets uh, and another inlet as well. Uh, but generally we just use the two tangentials and we take the beer, the finished beer out of the fermenter in through these two tangentials which work opposed to each yeah. other so we get maximum turbulent flow wow. and then back into the fermenter yeah. out the bottom of the Grundy tank and we just ram the Grundy tank <laughs> filled with adjuncts so when we're doing Barista Project 
just coffee, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it could maybe some cacao nibs or yeah, something, depending yeah, yeah. on the beer. But yeah, just like boom, and we get super good extraction like that. Um, nice, nice. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. It does. I'm very yeah. jealous. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we use coffee in all in all different kinds of ways yes. to get different kinds of flavors, you know, yeah. uh, just to see what we can do with it. For, I think as brewers, that's the challenge of the Barista Project is uh, for us is like, you know, we've got some cool toys. We've got different things that we've been thinking about all year since last Barista, uh, Barista Project. Like, what are we going to... Yeah. How can you play with what all sound, those What things? sounds fun this year? You know, like, what haven't we done? Uh, what... What have we done that we can use for something else? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice, nice. And so back to the beer that we are all enjoying at the moment. Yeah. How exactly did you add the coffee to this? Odds are that was cold. Yeah. Uh, you get that real softer, kind of greener, light brown roasted yeah. coffee notes off of it. I can't imagine that we would have got that beautiful soft roasted coffee and then gone like... Yeah. And not not use that. It's got to be cold side. The exact how we used it yeah. cold side. Uh, I can't remember. I'm sorry. That's good to bad. know. I mean, I, I think we should get another beer. We should get another beer. And you know, we'll see how that coffee was put in. Right then, Mike. What'd you get us from the bar? I have got three delicious-looking pink-ish beers. <laughs> Kit, can you tell us more about it, please? Yeah, so that's the Negroni from uh, from this year's Barista Project. Um, I am colorblind, so the uh, the uh, pink hue. I would just say it looks it looks fantastic to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I can definitely like say it's 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 like a pinky orange. I reckon. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. I'm sure you do. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. take our word for it. A pinky yeah. orange. <laughs> it is a beautiful sunset in a uh, glass. It yeah. is. And I feel like, so this beer, I mean, this is not an easy, like, on the palate, this is a bit, uh, it's, it, it's, it's a complex beer. You've got a lot going on, like, when you stick your nose in. Yeah. It's, in, it, it's intense all over the place. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, definitely you get coffee. Yes. Yeah, that yeah, is, yeah. That is more intense. I mean, that is, that is 100% happening. Also, you get, I don't know, for me, I get a lot of orange. Yeah, uh, no, I can Maybe see a bit of sort of orange orange pith peel kind of like yeah. bitter orange definitely you get like a dryness on the nose it's not it doesn't no. seem like it's going to be a sweet beer no not a sort of caramelly and or then anything. I got to say after that it, it just there's like a lot going on and when my palate kind of just goes yeah, like it's very difficult <laughs> to pick them up I don't know, there's point. a lot going on yeah. here <laughs> uh, and then oh that that's not what I was expecting flavor wise yeah, Not I mean, at it all. is. It is. It is wow. super dry. Yeah, really dry. Uh, Whoa. Yeah. Peppery it's as well. It's kind of like fr- yeah. fruity. Yeah. But I dry get fruit, like a, a weird. Like it wasn't aged on wood, but I get that kind of almost like an oak, almost yeah, I can like see that. wood character coming I, through. Maybe I'm, it's I'm, like I'm, I'm getting like pink peppercorn. Yeah. Like, it has some spice. Yeah. yeah. So we we uh, there's some juniper in the beer. Right, okay. Um, but it's not... Like, juniper is one of the things that can... It's so easy to overdo it, and then all you yeah, get is juniper. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was one of the beers that we ran through the spin bot. So right, okay. the coffee, the adjuncts, everything is going through the spin bot. I think, actually, we put coffee in the fermenting vessel through the top, and the adjuncts uh, that weren't coffee went yeah. through the Grundy tank, the spin bot yeah, that I was yeah. talking about earlier. 
and then we span the whole thing on the coffee and the adjuncts all the way through. I'm like 99% sure that's what happened with this beer. So you get all the tangential uh, turbulent flow from the other adjuncts, from the orange rind, the juniper, all of that stuff. And then also the turbulent flow in the fermenting vessel with the coffee beans in there. Um, It's just, it, it sounds like an intense way of driving flavor into beer. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is that this is this is a, a brute beer, so we yeah. we added the uh, uh, the brute enzyme into this beer, yeah. so, so that's why it tastes so dry. Uh, yeah, okay. The that. idea behind that was that the Negroni cocktail, although it packs a lot of flavour, it finishes very bitter and yeah. very dry, yeah. and we wanted to kind of capture that. Um, and also, we'd done a few brute beers. I shouldn't say this, but we'd done a few brute beers recently, so I think it was just on everyone's mind. Yes, like, yeah, yeah. oh, this is going to work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I this is going to work really well. You know, also, we've yeah. done it a few times. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the thing is also, it allows you to kind of use that recent experience to, to, to and go you, for you it start again, to learn, you're confident that it's going to work. And that's perhaps interesting as well for other home brewers are out there. Like, we had added the uh, brute enzyme into the fermenting vessel yeah. and until we brewed this beer uh, because our idea was like well fermentation happens in the fermentation tank yeah. that's where we need the the, the enzyme I don't know how technical we want to get but yeah, yeah, very rough yeah, off, story you know the uh, we want to break up the sugar strands yes, into yeah, yeah. easier meals shorter chain sugars for the yeast so before we were adding that into the fermenting, adding the enzyme into the fermenting vessel so that it would chop up the sugars for, yeah. for the yeast nice and easy. And then, uh, yeah, our lead brewer, Dave, just looked, he just looked it up on the internet and uh, it turns out like we're idiots. Like you don't need to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, go figure. So you don't need to, if you add it for us, uh, as is going to be the same for, for home brewers, but yeah. for us on a commercial scale, it's, it's quite a large concern. Like if we put an enzyme that, yeah, basically adds like a wild yeast it just yes. breaks up sugars into smaller chains over time yeah. if we put that into one of our commercial vessels what's I mean, going to happen in the long run what's going to happen later so we were like breaking the whole tank down every time we use the enzyme which is it's a lot of effort it's yeah. a fucking nightmare yeah. I mean like every like we when we say we break the tank down we break the entire tank yes, down yeah, every yeah. soft seal gets broken down separated every time there's a break in the vet, like a, yeah, a yeah. connection in the vessel. It gets broken down, stripped. That connection gets caustic, nitric, peroxyacetic acid. Then the tank gets put together, and the whole tank gets yeah. caustic, nitric, peroxyacetic acid. Like that's a big. That's a big job. Big it's job. a big thing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, then our, our lead brewer Dave just looked up on the internet. Turns out you can just add the enzyme into the mash tun, <laughs> and as yeah. you're doing your mash out and you bring the temperature up, it just kills the enzyme. Yeah. Boom. Do like a yeah. mash CIP after your after your mash out, and you don't need to worry about any of yeah. these other things. So saved like, you a lot of time and effort. In the long saved run. us a lot. If only we'd have worked that out. Anyway, whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there you go. You, you live and you learn. Um, I think the beer came out. I mean, I'm not like a huge Negroni drinker, but from the Negronis that I have tried, you get the bitters, you get yeah, the aromatics, yeah. you get the fruits, and you get a nice. Coffee flavor yeah. in the end. Like I, I think, beautiful. It's I, it's maybe not the beer that everyone is gonna like. No, but I but, think if you like a Negroni, 
you'll like this beer. Yeah. If you don't like a Negroni because you don't know what it is, you might also like this beer. <laughs> uh, give it a go. What, what's the percentage on this one? Uh, this one's six point seven percent. So like a, like, well. a session, like a session beer. The thing is, it hides it really well. Yeah. Like, like you drink it, and because it's quite dry, yeah. it's refreshing. So yeah. you're just there chugging away on it. Like. I think, yeah, I, I'm relatively pleased on the whole with how we do not necessarily super high ABV beers, but I, yeah. I, think, I think basically our yeast handles high ABV pretty well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it tends to mask it on the whole. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and brutes in particular do quite a good job of hiding and unless they yes. get up to sort of 10 or 11 percent they they do a really good job of hiding that real yeah. aggression of the alcohol yeah no i think we were all it was a, it's a bit of a tall order as a recipe to put together because you've got so many flavors going on yeah uh, but i think yeah, yeah trying to think, balance them uh, I, th- but I think i think, I think we're all pretty it. happy with how that yeah, came out yeah, yeah. there is yeah. a lot going on but, in this beer as well so just just to sip and think about all the flavors you're experiencing it's worthwhile i mean there's a lot there's a lot going on there yeah <laughs> should we should we try another one now all right let's have another one May as well Cal, you went to the bar. What did you get? Well, I mean, I went to the toilet, then I went via the bar and came back. But what I got was um, a beer called Irish. Okay. Um, it's a wee heavy, but I'm going to let Kit talk about it because, you know, he probably knows more than I do. <laughs> do you want to tell us about what Irish is then? Yeah, I'm not sure I know more than you do, but yeah. Uh, Irish is, well, it's a wee heavy, which is a, a strong Scottish ale. Scottish yep. ale. I have brewed two wee heavies in my brewing career okay uh, I I think this was the more successful of the two but I, I kind of would say that the idea behind the wee heavy is that it's a it's, it's quite an intense beer should be quite sweet um, uh, like the grain should really speak through right so in a way this is really like a bastardized wee heavy. Right, okay. Because it shouldn't have strong coffee notes. Um, <laughs> but it, I mean, like, it definitely does. I've it, just re- it, re- it really shouldn't, but, yeah. but it does yeah. because we thought like, well, a wee heavy would work quite, because it's quite a strong multi-backbone beer. Yeah. That would be a really good beer to just like, pu- just pump that. <laughs> I'm that filled with coffee <laughs> and we're just like that's going to be great right it'll be like really sweet really coffee like that's going to be fantastic yeah so then uh, I worked on it with uh, our packaging manager at Siren and uh, that like the more we thought about it the more we thought like of all the crazy things we could do with this beer so <laughs> started thinking about like well what do you, you know what what do we like about we heavy and it's quite an obscure beer style so there yeah. aren't so many examples but like okay it's got to have it's got to have that sort of brown red color and it's got it it, it, it's got to like it's got to drop bright like yeah. not all siren beers drop bright like we yeah, do yeah. hazy beers we do like really thick stouts like it has to drop bright i feel we did a good job 10 out of 10 Definitely. on the appearance. So, I mean, that how, is, how, how did you drop it? Did, was it just crash cooling? So it was more about how we did the how we did the additions. Like, right, okay. So on a really uh, on like a really thick stout, you're looking at the grain bill there, like what is gonna make it really opaque. On a on a red ale, if it goes like really, you know, a brown beer, something like that, if it goes really hazy, it, it's gotta be for some other reason. Maybe yeah. the, you're using a yeast strain that doesn't drop, or 
you know, there's a lot of hops if it's a paler beer, and so the hops don't drop out because yeah. you want to lock that hop flavor in. Whereas with this one, we were like, look, we want to get the color, yeah. but we don't want to have it full of haze. Uh, and the most important thing for me, having brewed a wee heavy in the past, was like, we have to get that Scotch ale yeast in there. Yes. Like, yeah. we just cut, like, we could have done it with a house strain. It would have been pretty good, but it wouldn't have had that wee heavy flavor. Yeah. So, yeah, after a bit of to and fro. You with, finally got the yeast strain. We, fi- we finally got the okay, like, okay, yeah. just whatever. Uh, <laughs> buy that yeast in. And then also we had kind of decided that the coffee might dry out the base beer. Okay, yeah. So maybe we'll just throw in some honey. (laughs) Interesting. Why not? And maybe also, because it's a Scotch ale, we should go for heather honey. Yes, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Which it turns out is the most expensive honey. Yep. I mean, to be honest, I haven't done honey research, but like it seemed like a lot when we did it. Yeah, yeah. But we thought... Like, actually, if you think about it, heather, the, like, savoury character you might get through, like, uh, heather heather honey is going to, like, contribute to sort of play off the coffee flavour that you're putting in. Plus, the Scotch Ale gives off some nice phenolics, not like a Belgian yeast strain, but not a million miles away, like, definitely in between a Belgian yeast strain and a UK yeast strain. Yeah, yeah. So, all together, before we've even brewed the beer... Me and Steve are sitting there like... It's already going to be complex. I think we've got it, right? We've got like slight phenolics, a lot of sweetness, also the savoury character from the heather honey, plus the coffee to balance it. And then the pièce de résistance was when Steve was like, well, you know, we're barrel-aging some coffee beans (laughs) just as like a side project. And I was like, you know, eyes lighting up like, what? (laughs) No, I didn't know that. And he's like, oh, yeah, so, you know... So we anyway, it's uh, we have a lot of barrels at Siren, and yeah. uh, some of them are. Uh, a lot of stuff gets started, and it's just ticking away. Yeah. And it's only when something like this crops up that you're like, "Oh shit, this is perfect. Got yeah. that. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> Let's just use that." So for this beer, I learned how to roast coffee beans. Right. Okay. Because uh, we had this this barrel. Uh, it was a bourbon barrel uh, yeah. of raw coffee beans. And uh, yeah, like we didn't really know what we were doing. We have like a small <laughs> coffee roaster. I was there roasting these coffee beans. Like, yeah, I wow. think it's going to be good. We got nice flavor off of the trial, the tiny little batch that I roasted. Yeah. But it was way too bitter because like, like I'm not a... Yeah, you're not, a, you're not an expert roaster. So, But we thought we could get... Like we had a good idea of what to... And then we talked to Quarter Horse and... Yeah. Uh, they were like, boom. Like, we explained to them what we liked about the beans that we roasted, what we didn't like about the beans that we roasted. Yeah. And they were just on board 100%. They love the idea of the bourbon barrel-aged beans. They love the idea of a low roast because they were like, that's what we do. Yeah. And they were, like, so accommodating. I cannot, like, praise them enough. And the beans that they sent back to us, roasted, me and Steve opened them up. And like I think everyone in the brewery was just like, oh, fuck yeah. that. It smells amazing. <laughs> this is going to be great. i got to say as well, we took some aside, made some coffee for ourselves. And yeah. everyone was like, 
Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say, that how is was some the coffee good. out of it? That is yeah. some pretty good. I mean, to be honest, we do it with all the trials we get from the coffee roasters. You always make a coffee out of it as well. We, I mean, we always do because... Why wouldn't you? Well, we, as well, we, we work long shifts. It's yeah. hard work. So everyone's <laughs> drinking coffee all day anyway. But uh, in my mind, that, that quarter horse, that, that barrel aged. Yeah. That just really, that was, it's just so aromatic. So yeah. the beer isn't barrel aged at all. Uh, it's, it's just the coffee. But if, if you get any kind of like heat or bourbon or barrel aged character, that's just from the coffee. The thing is that like it is there. I've ju- I've just tasted it, yeah. and it like yeah. if you told me it was barrel aged, I'd be like, yep, you wouldn't, yep, you wouldn't uh, disregard yeah, it. it. Yeah, um, it's not it's not massive and in your face though. It's, no, it's but 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 no, like knows the coffee aspect, but. It, but no it is noticeable. Your no aspect it's of it is. But I think right as well, if I hadn't said honey, you might not think honey. Yeah. But then if you taste it with the honey in mind, you're like, oh, I get a sweetness there. Yeah. I think. I mean, I was quite happy with this beer because me and Steve put the recipe together. <laughs> but it's one of those ones where you 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 know you kind of think it's going to work out well, and then it comes out in just a nice subtle balance, and. Um, if what you're after is like a huge hoppy IPA or a massive yeah. barrel aged imperial stout, okay, it's not going to be that. No. But if you want a bit like maybe like a Belgian double, you know, at the end of the evening, something that's yeah, just yeah. easy, that, that smooth, really balanced, but it's got a lot of flavour there. Yeah. You know. The it, yeast character is amazing. Yeah, that's the, the Scotch yeast. The yeast character is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it just leaves a very interesting flavour in your mouth. It lingers a long yeah. time yeah. and that flavour is just it's pleasant. very complex it's, yeah, it's like, complex the thing is that like today because uh, I, I was working the day shift so I put all these beers on and obviously I had to try them all and now kind of trying that out of that context of just going right does it taste right yeah the flavours really just kind of it's, power through as well i got to say uh, in the summer I got I had a bottle or I still yeah. have a couple of bottles at home in the summer, I put a couple in the fridge. Opened it on a hot, sunny day. It's still good. Yeah. But now that the weather's starting to turn up, you know, when yeah, it gets like, a bit like, cooler, like, it's a perfect autumn. Yeah. Beer. <laughs> it's just a winter beer. Like, like it you get just the fire is, on. You know. No, I mean end, today's 18 End of the day, day, you know, it's dark outside. Like, ah, yeah, oh, that's yeah. that's the one, you know. Yeah, especially if it's been raining like it has yeah, been today. You can yeah. get in, get warm. Yeah. Get one of them on. Yeah. It's, it's a sipper as well. I I, I presume you could guzzle it if you because well, I mean, it's, it's not challenging 7.4% yeah. but it's it's so it's it it's not challenging at all no but it is interesting and intense yeah. enough that you can have a tiny sip and put it and down again, and again like alone. coffee wise on this beer that was just cold steep in the top yeah. of the fermenter uh, seal up the fermenter and just leave it to sit uh, same as you did with cold brew just yeah. in the top just let it do its thing and uh, we were skept- I was like a little sceptical initially like mm, are we going to get that flavour through? And, like, I don't know. I, For me, personally, because I know that's not a barrel-aged beer, yeah. I get I get a little bit of barrel from that. Yeah, I know yeah, that yeah. comes 100% only from the, the coffee. Yeah, bourbon-aged so, coffee. You know. See, though, for, for the beer that we're brewing for this episode, like, my plan was to... Um, kind of cold brew some coffee and then just add that cold brew coffee to the beer. Yes. But... Now I'm thinking maybe I'll just chuck the. the I mean, look, the we've we've we've, we've done it. We've done it both ways. Yeah. And I I feel we've got good extraction Either from both way. techniques. Yeah. Uh, I might just dry coffee. 
How, how, have you, how have you sanitized the beans before adding them in? The beans? Yeah. We would not sanitize the beans. So our thinking is the beans have been made hot already. Yeah. Because, so, I mean, they, like, they come foil packed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I won't be chucking them on the floor and sweeping them in. Yeah. I think. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I, I hadn't considered because uh, a lot of... A lot of additions to beer, you do want to be looking after the sanitation of it. You don't yes. want to risk infection getting in, oh, especially on the scale uh, you the, guys are in. Well, things like, like I would never sanitise dry hops. No, well, the, because in, they're, they're, they're antimicrobial anyway. So there's to an extent. How we treat the coffee is like, look, uh, it's been roasted at a high temperature, uh, you know, yeah, much higher than the temperature at which the pellets are compacted for hops. So, like we're we feel like we're looking pretty good. Uh, we we don't put them straight in the in the FE. Like we put them into into bags. The bags will get caustic and peroxyacetic acid, like like everything else. So you know they they will be as clean as as the as the vessel themselves. Lovely. When they're going in. I, yeah, it's always good I, to know. Yeah, it's good to know that it's worth just yeah. banging them in. Maybe, maybe is, I'll just I chuck mean, some beans in then. Yeah. I would str- I would struggle to choose myself between like a cold steep in like a like the way we did it was we cold steep the coffee in a clean vessel yeah rack that liquid into a into a keg and then force that the contents of that keg into the fermenting vessel i won't be doing anything fancy like that i'll be <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll be doing it in a bottle that and then was pouring good. the we coffee got, in we got good flavor that way but we also got good flavor just from cold steeping Chucking the beans, the beans in. in so like, if I was asked to choose between which one, I, I'm not really sure I could tell you. Like, well, I mean, this one I'll, was I'll, definitely better. I'll, I'll put an update out on Twitter. As to which one you're As to which, which yeah. way I'm going to go with it. Well, because um, obviously in, in bigger brewing, uh, the money involved is obviously a big uh, factor in making your decisions. But on the homebrew scale, one of the biggest factors is uh, this is a hobby for people and it's time. Yes. Is, is, is a huge part of the decisions you make and so if you get similar results one process takes two hours and one yep. process takes less than two minutes yeah and they're roughly the same why not do the quick one right yeah. exactly but right one more uh, beer yeah one more we'll, we'll, we'll do another beer and yeah we'll be back all right, Mike, uh, what have we got here then? So I have returned with the <laughs> thickest, darkest, tarest looking beer. It looks it's, amazing. Like, the thing is, is it used to be reasonably light in here, but now I need some sort of head torch. This is so dark. I can't, there's not, I can't Kit, even... Kit, what, what is this? What is this? So that's bourbon Turkish. Um, for the Barista Project two years ago... Right. We brewed Turkish. Okay. Uh, just before my time at Siren. Um, so Turkish was an enormous imperial stout. Yeah. To taste like a Turkish coffee. Very sweet, very intense. Uh, huge amount of that heavy roastiness balanced against that like insane sweetness that you get from a Turk. I don't yeah, yeah. know how much you know about Turkish coffee, but it's like generally uh, I've had it's my like fair share. all the coffee, all the sugar. Yeah. That's the, you know, that's what we're doing there. So when the original batch of Turkish was made, I'm just going to say an amount of that because <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I can't remember what it was. An amount of that original batch was put aside. Right. 
to age in a mixture of different bourbon barrels. Right. Sensible. Because we are lucky enough at Siren to have a very large barrel aging project yeah. and lots of barrels that we could just go like, let's just, just put it in that. Stick it in that. Yeah, that. That'd be good. Let's put it in that. I mean, that's a little bit cavalier, but like ultimately that's, that's how it works. So uh, then it just sat in barrel for, I believe, two years? I don't right. know. Maybe I'm getting my years confused. Either two years or one year. I it was know. a while, it would seem, though. It was a long time. And then uh, <laughs> all of the... Uh, like our barrel manager then goes through the barrels tastes them to make sure they're all tasting good Uh, and the ones that are tasting the best go forward into blending and then we blended back all of the good barrels all together in bright tank and that is bourbon Turkish that is uh, yeah I mean it, it sounds intense it looks intense yeah I mean like when you look at it against the light and it's like <laughs> you can't you, see through it you, you can't. know but to be honest Turkish before it was barrel aged had that yeah I mean it, 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 it's just it's a big strong boy yeah, it's, um, it, it was it, it was an enormous beer when it started yeah um, the, just just for reference I've put the torch on yeah. on my phone and I'm trying to shine it through and there's not even like a reddish haze yeah, but you literally can't yeah, it's absorbing be, all light there'll be nothing there yeah that's so intense it's it's quite like I feel like all of the beers that we've had today have kind of bleated on about like a sensory overload of some yeah. kind <laughs> really like this one like you get you get bourbon like oh, times wow. a million I think you get that's dark chocolate so beautiful you get coffee and of course like coffee times a million yes, yeah, yeah. but also like chocolate maybe some dark fruits yeah. on the end like I don't know it's it's a very complex beer it's so intense like like yeah. flavour wise I mean what was it 11 11.5 11.5% I believe I know I just I just did in Plato I don't do in degrees ABV oh. so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, fairly, I'm fairly certain it's a, it, it, it's, it's pretty it's, high yeah. it, it, it's uh, 11.5% percent. the the uh, there are two ways of looking at this. One is just like, you know, oh, ABV is really high. The other way is like, look, uh, what can we do with ABV that high? That kind of alcohol content can yeah. carry a flavor that other beers just can't because yes. they, they're just not, they don't, they don't have that robust character. Yeah. I would say don't just brew a strong beer for the sake of brewing a strong yeah. beer yeah, think definitely. about like what so once we've got it that strong what can we do with it then like age it on oak put yeah. in loads of coffee uh, make sure your oak is the best oak you can get you know what? what's that barrel had in it before yeah. is that what we want is that going to complement the other flavours in the beer all of these things go like you know it's what our barrel master is thinking about yeah. when he's yeah, thinking yeah. about how this beer is going to happen. It's what we're thinking about when we're thinking about the final blend. And I think it's I think it's just come out really well in this I finished mean, project. It's absolutely fantastic. I mean, obviously, you know, we've we've tried three other beers, but this one is ju- it's something unique. It's there's just something. It gets the trophy, right? Yeah, it just yeah. does. It gets the trophy. I, I've, I've just I've held it in my mouth for a lot longer just now, <laughs> and that like because part of the the tasting of certain whiskies and that sort of thing, it it's advantageous to hold it in the mouth for a very long time, and it does extract 
completely different, more robust, more pronounced flavors. It's delicious. I could. Yeah, um, yeah no, it's it's absolutely fantastic. Like, I could sip that. This is so the the last beer was like end of autumn, early winter. This is middle of winter. Yeah, this, this, like, is, like, this is deep winter. You've been snowed in your house. Deep and you've got winter. a barrel of this kicking <laughs> about. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. For me, this is one of those beers that you go to and you're like, you yeah. know, it, that's like a special occasion kind of beer. Oh, definitely. Like, I mean, yeah. the, the good thing is, is tonight we're lucky enough to have it. Uh, we've got it on keg and on cask. So I didn't try it on cask. It, I, I didn't have. know this. Where, when what? We've got it on cask as well. Uh, hang on, pause it. I'll go get some. <laughs> All right. Okay, so Mike's, 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 Mike's just back. got back, and uh, he's got the the cask uh, bourbon Turkish. Mm. How, how are you feeling about that? I mean, obviously, it's fairly similar. Um, <laughs> I mean, being you would hope it's the so. same. Uh, oh, because I think my keg sample, because I only had such a small amount, has actually warmed up to room temperature, whereas the cask one's still very cold. So it's weird to have colder <laughs> cask and warmer keg. That's like the opposite. But, yeah. yeah. But that, no, that's um, very interesting. How some some of the aromas are uh, a little bit muted, and some of them are much more vigorous. It's it's interesting. When I, when I had this uh, early on in the day, um, I think I put the the cask one on much earlier than I put the keg one on. So the cask sample had had a lot longer to warm up. Mm-hmm. So when I first tried it off the keg, I was like, I mean, the keg's banging. But the flavours are coming through so much more on the cast just because it, it um, had a chance to warm up. Having another little go around, definitely more of that chocolatey sweetness. Uh, yes, uh, I'd say so. But I'm also picking up a bit more of that alcohol kick from the cask, which uh, I wasn't expecting. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to be honest, I, uh, <laughs> I'm tasting them pretty similar. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, uh, my like major thought is that the cask is... My, the cask is maybe a little lower carbonation. Yeah. But in terms of flavour, they're, they're both pretty intense. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and like, none of them are subtle. Yeah. Like, like no I, uh, one's going to have either of them and go, oh, well, that's a subtle stout. I'm not getting anything off of the cask that I don't get off the cake. No. Like, except the carbonation. I think it's they're both pretty full on, but maybe my uh, palate is unsophisticated. Uh, potentially, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like... I, I would advise, you know, if, if if anybody has the choice of doing either, I would always go for both, just just to try, just just to see Definitely. if they can Definitely. pick up any differences, um, because like temperature does make a different difference, carbonation does make my, a difference my, to a lot of people. My general rule with uh, with it's maybe going to make you very unpopular. <laughs> my general my general rule with cask is. Uh, if it's above about six and a half percent, it's probably not a good idea to drink it on cars. Unless you get above about eight and a half percent, and then, and then all of a sudden you're in like a whole other territory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there, there is that middle yeah. ground. I mean, it's, it's a personal thing, but I just feel like uh, the lack of condition, you know, once you get really high, yes. then, then the alcohol is, yeah. is, is going to preserve the beer in a way that, you know... Yeah, whereas the low, lower ABV yeah, off topic, yeah. I feel, but, uh, the lower ABV cask sells a lot faster, and and you, the turnover's there for it. Whereas a, like a six percent cask doesn't always sell very fast. It's not. It's, it's not going to sell very well, and also it, it may not be the best best beer for cask, even when it was fresh. 
yeah. I feel. Um, yeah, I can see that. I mean, and maybe it's just a personal thing, but... Uh, yeah, six six uh, percent New England IPA or like something. Six six and a half percent. It's gonna do well on on keg because it has the higher carbonation. Even if you're, we're getting really geeky. But if you, <laughs> even if you're low carbonation for keg, at like four five grams per liter. Yeah, I mean it's still much higher than cask. So like. You know, you're still going to get a lot of lift off of that, a lot of more yeah. carbonic acids, a lot of a lot of lift just because of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, this is. So I, I feel we've gone <laughs> way off topic. Here, yeah. So. so if you see it in, on either <laughs> cask or keg, or both, try whatever you have. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, that's big, the advice. Big stouts, of course. Try on both. <laughs> yes. They're, they're always going to be great. Yeah. Oh yeah, Broken Dream on cask is our. I mean, that's a 6.5%. I mean, exactly. Yeah. It's bagging, a cast yeah. beer. And it's, Absolutely baggers. I mean, the, the camera liked the, the it enough to... The exception that proves the rule. Sorry? <laughs> the exception that proves the rule. Yes. Yeah. Uh, right. Well, I mean, I, I think we probably babbled on enough about beer. Oh, yes. Uh, we should probably let people get back to whatever it is they're doing. <laughs> um, and yeah. we should probably finish the amount of beer that we have. Oh, um, yikes. So, <laughs> I think now is probably a good time to kind of wrap things up. Yes, thank you very, very much, Kit, for taking the time Sorry, out to come I'm talk to yes. us. My only apology is that I spoke for way too long. About <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, th- I think you've given a lot of really good information. Like, yeah, it's been yeah, fantastic yeah. to chat to you. Um, and yeah, if you've enjoyed this episode, like you know, wherever you listen to podcasts, just hit like, hit subscribe. You know, do all of that sort of social media stuff because we're not very good at it. If you do want to get in contact with us, uh, you can find us at By the Mash Ton. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, if you've got any questions, get in contact with us. If we can't help you, we can point you in the right direction to people who can. If you've got information about equipment, get in touch with our partners at the Malt Miller. Uh, they're always happy to answer questions. They've helped me a lot out. And I'm sure they've helped uh, Mike yeah, a lot. Yeah, very much so. And and you can find the recipe of the Cali's brewing this episode. You can. Well. You can eat, you like not only find it, you can buy the recipe pack. Uh, Amazing. It, it right? doesn't come with coffee though, does it? It uh, no no. You'll have to supply the coffee. Don't use Nescaf. I mean, unless you really want to. Or Bluebird. That used to be a thing. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. We'll see you again soon. Cool. Bye. Bye. Bye.